<laughs> Stephen, I heard from uh, I heard from Amy Carrington, known her forever, known her pretty much my entire life. Cade's mom. She was pleased, Stephen. The plug for uh, Cade in the comments yesterday, and uh, Cade's uh, boy, I tell you, Cade's uh, grandparent, Doctor Joe Urso, and uh, Gracie Urso are. Uh, are very revered and respected folks here in Kaufman County. So fun to visit with them and uh, fun to talk about Cade and uh, this Baylor baseball team, which uh, they're hitting the ball really well. McKenzie, I think he may end up being, uh, he, he could be player of the year of the Big 12. Although, Stephen, we'll get more into this as the week unfolds. I mean, Tech always has somebody amazing. And then pitching-wise, the kid I keep hearing you bring up, and I and I and I kind of like to look around, and see what folks are saying. There's a young man by the name of Madden. I believe it's Ty Madden. Hearing mm-hmm. his name a lot, like yeah. if you can even get the ball across the plate, if you could throw strikes at University of Texas, you are going to get the hype train's going to come visit you. No, he's he's having a really good start to the season, and you're right. Uh, I think he was just named Big Twelve Pitcher of the Week. Uh, he's coming off a really great performance against Houston. And a, a guy you brought up, too, over the weekend, Josh Young, he's now in the Rangers organization. Well, he has a brother named Jace, and uh, he's having a really good start to, to tech season. He's also uh, a very good hitter. So good baseball in the Big 12. But Jared McKenzie hitting over 400 with five home runs. Um, he's he's well on his way to being in that conversation. All right. I love it. And uh, last night, things got real. I was just out, uh, Stephen, you know, you kind of think about where you are during those moments, during those big moments. You were probably wrapping up your other show that you do, and um, I had gone to eat. My parents had been at, come to town, and boy, I had to I had to kind of fly into action, start responding. We, uh, we had to, we had to race to the, to the uh, podcast equipment to do an emergency podcast because the Dallas Cowboys signed Dak Prescott to a long-term contract. And when I say long-term, four years, not the longest-term thing we've seen, but uh, huge, huge money. In fact, he's going to make $75 million in that first year. The signing bonus was $66 million. That's that's about the most ever guaranteed portion of this, or at least in the first three years of this contract. Supposed to get $126 million. Steven, that's a big deal. That is a big dang deal. And uh, the Cowboys were able to get that done. Oh, man. I like this. <laughs> that's right. That's what they were pay- That's what they were playing. When Dak got the word... That the money was coming through. An enormous deal. More than Russ. More guaranteed money. I mean, per year, it's about $40 million a year. Not quite more than, more than Mahomes, but it's still an enormous amount. And I love, Stephen, how quickly, how quickly the Jerry defenders came out to point out that, oh, the TV deal's coming. This this contract won't look like anything in a couple of years. Some of these guys, Stephen Wright, for DallasCowboys.com, well, they love to take that ownership side. Oh, this, this contract isn't anything. 
and here in a couple of years, it won't look like anything. Stephen, Jerry's pockets have been cleaned out. Jerry uh, said Dak had all the leverage, and he did. Jerry and Stephen kind of held on, held on, held on, tried to use the pandemic as some kind of excuse, and then in the end, they had to get the deal done. It had to get done. Now, we're going to hear from our folks all day uh, today. want to keep the phone lines open for them. It is uh, 254-662-1660. Stephen, I'll tell you what we'll do at 120. We'll let people hear a little bit of what I did last night with uh, Ed Werder, one of uh, America's foremost authorities on the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, our Doomsday podcast. We're going to play a little bit of our conversation, our interview uh, for folks. We'll do that at 120, and uh, and we'll get into that. But, Stephen, I want to hear your takes right now, and I want to hear our people. You can call us. That's at Freddie Kish line. You can call us on or text us on that CNC collision line. Again, it's 254-662-1660. Do you have a hangover this morning? Is it a joyful hangover? I don't know if there is such a thing. Um, is it joyful in the sense that you're glad the DAC deal is done? Or I, I think, Stephen, we probably have a few people that are a little sad that the Cowboys are not going to be in the running for a draft quarterback because there is some fun and some intrigue that happens when you are doing your homework to decide what you want to do with that number 10 overall pick. What if Trey Lance is here? What if somehow Wilson ends up there? I don't think he will. I don't think they will. But, you know, do you do your homework in case they – now that's out of the question. If the Cowboys took a quarterback at number 10, we would immediately call for a psych evaluation on Jerry. Now, I feel like that's a call we can make at any time with Jerry. I mean, a psych evaluation with him I think is a good idea. <laughs> but, uh, but Stephen, I, th- this is really, really a fascinating time, a fascinating day. Dak Prescott, four years. And unlike Mahomes, who, Stephen, as much as we hate to admit this, in about eight years or six or seven years when Mahomes is making $45 million a year now, you know, it's still good train ride money. That's still great money. And hopefully, you know, for Kansas City, they're hoping they have two or three more Super Bowls by then. But you do realize, Stephen, that, that he'll probably have like the 10th or 11th best contract in the NFL. Like, by his, his contract in some ways will be obsolete in five to six years. In that amount of time, Dak will be back at the bargaining table, either with the Cowboys or at free agency. One of the key things to this contract is no tags. This is a no-tags contract, so he can't get caught up in what he did this last time, which was, hey, what if you have an injury? What if your career ends? What if they can tag you two or three times? The tags are gone, and the no trade, and there's a no-trade clause in there. So Dak has to approve anywhere the Cowboys end up trying to send him. So, Stephen, the the pressure gets turned up, it gets ramped up, and the Cowboys for the next four years will have a go at uh, championships. And they also have Gallup. They have Amari. They have the young man from Oklahoma. I mean, it's it's, uh, – and I think they have some issues and some questions to answer at offensive line. They need to do some things on defense. But, Stephen, 
this is they have one key piece taken care of, and I thought this was an interesting, and I don't do this to rah-rah the Cowboys because they should have had this deal done a year ago, and they could have had it done even cheaper. But, Stephen, it doesn't look good for my buddy, does it? My buddy, my buddy's in, in Eagles land. Did you see that number? I was looking at what Archer put out earlier today. I'll look it up again. The Cowboys, because of what they will be able to do, Stephen, will uh, – will be able to uh, spread this thing out now. And so Dak will only take up $22 million of the cap. All right? $22.2 million. Carson Wentz will count $33.8 million against the Eagles cap in 2021 and will not play a down for them. Dak Prescott will count $22.2 million against the Cowboys. So that's the that I mean that is just amazing. Now what will what will golf count? I think it's about the same as Dak. And again, he's not there. At least Dak will be here playing for his cap money. I mean, you can say, "Oh, it's a lot. That's a lot." Well, at least he's here playing. So, Stephen, I did check in with the Eagles last night, and um, it was a muted, it was sort of a, you know, I've got enough good friends there, they do respond, but it was not with any kind of glee or, oh, wow, look at that contract. It was a very kind of, it was an Eagle source, basically, like, uh, yep, this looks like the going rate. This looks like the going rate. And that that was it, man. It was like, not like, whoa, what are they doing? Um You'll hear Stephen when we at one twenty when we let Ed Werder have his say. Uh, one of the uh, famous Cowboys reporters, famous ESPN reporter, will will be with us at one twenty. Um, he talked to somebody, and Stephen, I don't know if this is uh, in the part we're going to hear, but it's just kind of funny. He uh, he talked to somebody, and they and in their response when he when he gave them all the particulars. There, it was a GM in the league. He didn't narrow it down more than that. But it was somebody that is <clears throat> apparently <clears throat> needing to acquire a quarterback, which there's a lot of people right now that are in that boat. And their response, Stephen, was, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> the world changing right before our eyes, right? My um, Lord. Yeah, it's it's an insane amount of money. And I know that, you know, they're giving them a lot of it up front. They're – spacing it out to help the, the cap hit that you kind of detailed there but it's still it's on the money all that being said though i mean this is this is the going rate now for a franchise quarterback and i think Dak Prescott's a franchise quarterback he hasn't gotten them to an fc title game or a super bowl and i know that's what cowboys fans want they desperately you know crave that but i mean he's Gotten in the playoffs a few times. He stepped in as a rookie and did a fantastic job. He's definitely exceeded expectations, which were basically nothing when he got drafted. And uh, I feel like he's done everything he can do. We had one texter text in Matt and say Jerry blinked, and they think Jerry needs to hire a real GM or they'll waste signing Dak to this massive contract. All right, all right, folks are letting themselves be heard, and I like that. I like when our people, I like when our people sound off. And uh, boy, Dak, 
on an enormous contract. Uh, we're, again, we'll hear little Baylor news. Steven, um, boy, I, I like it. Oh, Garrett's probably down the hall right now listening to us. We may need his uh, – we may need a little bit of uh, – make sure I've got this right. Steven, always like to check in on recruiting news and some a little bit of breaking news. It appears that the number nine recruit, the, uh, as far as the top 50 recruits, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I, I keep a close watch on that because I'm from that area. It's where I grew up, and uh, and there was a kid I think Baylor liked a lot. Um, the the linebacker Jordan Crook uh, has just put the word out, Stephen, that he is going to Oklahoma State. Six foot, two hundred and twenty pounds. They got some big youngsters there at Duncanville, Texas, and uh, he will. De- he's decided. Steven, I kind of like this. This comes from a movie. I'm trying to remember what movie it was. What movie was it? I'll put it out there to our people. 254-662-1660. Regulators! <clears throat> it seemed like it was a Western or something. Or no, no, no. Was it Was it Boys in the Hood? There's a great there's a great movie that I liked, and at some point they said, Regulators! And that's what this kid did, Stephen. He he put hashtag regulators. Yeah, one of our texters says, "Are you thinking of Young Guns? Movie Young Guns?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Emilio Estevez. I don't know if Charlie Sheen was in that. It certainly, Emilio was one of Martin Sheen's kids. Those are two of his sons. Uh, I think Emilio was in that, and Kiefer Sutherland might have been. And Young Guns, La Bamba, Richie, uh, who played Richie Valens in La Bamba. Guy went to UTA. Anyway, they were all in that. They were all in that movie, Young Guns. That was a that was kind of a Billy the Kid type uh, uh, movie when I was a kid, when I was growing up. Stephen, that we all liked. Regulators. That's how they brought them all together. So anyway, Jordan Crook, number nine overall, goes to the Oklahoma State Cowboys, the Pokes. Stephen, what you, you know that that fight song they have. At Oklahoma State, I kind of like it. It's like, uh, I, I just, ugh, I, I can't quite get it in my head to sing it for everybody. I think everybody's very happy about that. So let's see who else the Bears are going after, at least from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. There's a Duncanville kid, 6'6", 320, that, uh, that they have made an offer to, along with uh, Arizona State, Colorado, and others. Okay, that they're trying to get out of Duncanville. And then another Duncanville kid, another offensive lineman named Jalen Early, uh, offers from Alabama, Baylor, and others. And then over at Cedar Hill, boy, it sounds like, like Joey McGuire territory. They're going after a cornerback named Jalen Peoples. He's got offers from Baylor, Nebraska, Tennessee, and others. And then also Argyle Liberty Christian. There's a safety named Christian Driver that the Bears are in on. Alabama, Auburn, Baylor, others. Okay, so that gives you a little bit of feel who's Baylor's going after. And then I love Pilot Point because I got kinfolk out there at uh, Salina, Pilot Point era, uh, area. 6'4", 190-pound athlete, Ish Harris. Baylor, Oklahoma State, TCU, and others are after him. All right, Stephen, so interesting to see kind of who, who Baylor's after in that area. But I just wanted to get that out there, Stephen. Jordan Crook. You'll have to ask uh, Garrett about Crook. I think he – Duncanville has some kids who are just grown men, 
and Crook is one of them, just a monster. Uh, this would be, Stephen, I guess this would be that 2020 class, 22 class, if I had to, uh, if I had to do the math on all this. This would be the 2022 class. All right, um, and Stephen, you'll be happy as a, as a Horn Frog to know that uh, uh, already committed to TCU as a youngster, a wide receiver out of Richland in the, in the, in the Fort Worth area named C.J. Nelson. Does that name ring a bell? Yes, yeah, I think he recently committed, C.J. Nelson. Okay. Um, and had a really good year at, uh, at Richardson last year as a sophomore, or junior, one of the two. All right, I just thought I'd give you some good news. And uh, too, there's too much good news going on with Sark right now. All, what's that thing they do, Stephen? All, all gas, uh, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. Yeah, he's GNB. He's, yeah. he's getting that uh, that typical new coach bump, especially in a program like that. There's a ton of energy around them right now. Yeah, Frisco Liberty got the kid, got the wide receiver Evan Stewart, and then uh, uh, Armani Winfield from Louisville, big time player, wide receiver. Has committed to Texas already, but uh, OSU doing pretty well in the Metroplex. Always interesting to see the Pokes come up there in the Metroplex and kind of throw their weight around a little bit. All right, Bears are in on. I like this though. The trenches, Bears are have homed in on the uh, on the on the O line and the defensive line. That's where it starts. Okay, that's where there's some issues last year. Let's fortify those areas. And then Stephen, let's remember what Texas State did last year in their 2021 class. They didn't take a kid in the early signing period, and they didn't take a kid in the late signing period. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't Texas State D1? Yeah. Yeah, but they're just doing it all with transfer kids. Really, really interesting. All right, it's uh, Mosley and Simcox in the aftermath of one of the biggest deals to ever come through, uh, really the, the, the biggest deal that the Cowboys have ever done. We'll hear from uh, the famous uh, – ESPN reporter Ed Werder next. Nobody has a better selection of light and heavy-duty Ram pickup trucks than Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy and breezy today. We will see some pockets of drizzle from time to time, but not everybody will. Highs top out at 75 degrees. Cloudy skies continue tonight. It's going to be very mild with a low of 59. And mostly cloudy, very windy tomorrow and a high of 79. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. It's on to the Big 12 Tournament in Kansas City for Coach Kim Mulkey and the Lady Bears. The top seed Lady Bears open play in the Big 12 Tournament Friday in Kansas City. 1 p.m. for the countdown to tip-off. 1.30 tip-off Friday on 92.9 Lady Bear Basketball from the Big 12 Tournament in Kansas City. Here on the home for Lady Bear Basketball, ESPN Central Texas. Ram Truck Month is back at Cameron Autoplex in Cameron, Texas. Everyone knows Cameron Autoplex is your Central Texas Truck Authority, and the deals don't get any better than during Ram Truck Month. During this event, qualified buyers get Z100 Crew Cab Long Star. And if you need a heavy-duty Ram to get the job done, we've got that too. This is a limited-time event, so hurry into Cameron Autoplex. There's a reason why people say it's always friendlier and cheaper in Cameron. 
Cold weather is here, and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old drafty windows. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unisil windows are sealed with Duralight. That's a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And right now, they're offering 0% financing for 60 months. That's right, 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free in-home estimate. That's online at UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com, UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com, or call 254-301-7760. That's 254-301-7760. And be sure and check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians of Baylor Athletics. Our doctors specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sports-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, our doctors are equipped to handle a wide range of issues. Whether it's your foot or ankle, your hand or wrist, knee and shoulder pain, or you're in need of our arthritis and total joint clinic, trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, our goal is to get you back in the game. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. The Dallas Cowboys and quarterback Dak Prescott have agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract, including $126 million guaranteed. That includes a signing bonus of $66 million and $75 million due in year one. Les Miles is out at Kansas head football coach three days after he was placed on administrative lead amid accusations of inappropriate behavior toward a female student during his head coaching tenure at LSU. Number six Lady Bears finished the regular season in stride with a 96-73 win over West Virginia. Lady Bears headed the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City as the number one seed. Jefferson Prince was named to the D3 Team of the Week. Prince had two interceptions, a forced fumble, returned three punts for 54 yards, and punted for the crew for a 39-yard average in the crew's win over ETBU 30-28. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. that were coming in for Baylor basketball. We can whine with the best of them. I do it too. And I was mad. I mean, Jared Butler, my gosh, he's been one of the best players in the conference last three years. He's awesome. He's an awesome player. I mean, let's, I mean, it's just, it did not seem like Cade Cunningham should have been the player of the year, but I know people fancy themselves as NBA experts and, oh, without Cade, Oklahoma State would have been nothing. So, I, I, you know, you can make some of those arguments. But uh, Associated Press comes out today and makes Jared Butler the Big 12 Player of the Year. 
I mean, I think Davion could have been in the conversation as well. I really do. Um, and Cade, certainly. So, uh, obviously, those three guys deserve to be on the first team. But, uh, Stephen, our, our Bears, and I led the way. I was upset. I wanted him to be the Big 12 Player of the Year. But, he, you know, he was all on the first team. Um, defensive Player of the Year was Davion Mitchell. And I, I didn't – thought Maceo probably deserved just because if, if you look at his skill level and if you look at how the, the true impact he has on this team he probably should have at least been second team I think they put him on the third team but that'll just drive him even more I don't think that's a big deal I don't think these kids take that that personally uh Scott Drew head coach of the year big 12 coach of the year I don't know what I don't know why I mean Fran Fraschilla's great friends with Scott, and he's great friends with our program. I don't know why he says certain things. Fran's a great friend of ours. I don't know why he, he tried to act like Boynton should have been coach of the year. Give me a break. Give me a break. I mean, you know, you always give it to the guy who wins the conference, and on top of that, I mean, it's first time Scott's had incredible teams, elite eight runs, several sweet 16 runs. He's had great teams, but this was his year to be coach of the year. <clears throat> we give it to Boynton. I mean, Boynton has got the number one pick in the draft. I hope they do okay. Still lost about six or seven games in conference. I mean, let's not get carried away, Fran. Jeez. I mean, I'm, the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. You want to give the you want to give it to Boynton? I love Boynton, but let's not. I mean, my gosh, let's not get carried away. How many Coach of the Years do you think uh, Stephen Kim has had now? Kim Mulkey. <laughs> That'd be funny if they gave it to, like, whoever. I mean, whoever ends up second is usually second by about five games. <laughs> what if they gave it to the West Virginia coach or the Iowa State coach or something? Bears go out. Lady Bears go out, and um, um, they uh, – they they were just kind of in a tussle there for a little while, Stephen. I mean, that was uh, – I looked up at that thing, and that's when I was like, whoa, I better get tuned into this deal. It's like 28-23, they're down. I thought, whoa, what is happening here? And then by halftime, Lady Bears were back on top, and then by the end of it, they were they were cruising. They were doing what they do. And uh, Dijonet had a big game. Queen Egbo had a huge game. I mean, I don't know exactly what's going on. I told you how important I think it is, Stephen, when she has that kind of scoring game, but I didn't think about 26 points. She had like 26 and 10. Um, there, it was a, I mean, you know, there are two double-doubles in this game. Dijonet may have had a double-double as well. I think Dijonet had 22 in this game. She's just coming on strong. I mean, I it's hard to say. I mean, Nalissa's the best player on this team. I think you could make an argument Dijonet's the second best player coming off the bench. Uh, Didi's probably the third best player. Didi's going to get mad at us, never come on again. Um, Moon is the fourth. Okay, we lost Moon. I'm not so sure Egbo might not be the second best player. I mean, sometimes she's – sometimes she is – Sometimes Queen's the second best player after Nalissa. Nalissa's the Naismith, you know, player of the year candidate. But Stephen, last night I'm watching, and and Queen, Queen backs up and knocks down a 17 footer like it's nothing. I mean, it wasn't like, and I had to do a double take. I'm like, is that, 
Who is that? It's like Queen Egbo. Queen Egbo, after 17 feet, just boom, like it's nothing. Like it wasn't like, oh, man, Queen Egbo, you know, everybody, the bench unloaded and had a lot of fun because Queen hit an outside shot. No, it looked good. I mean, I'm starting to think Nalissa, Queen, Dee Dee, and Dijanay should all be first round picks in the WNBA. Now, I, I, some of those, some of those young ladies are going to come back. I mean, I hope they do. I mean, Moon. I mean, she's. I know she's tiny, but Moon, Moon just. I mean, she's unbelievable with her. I mean, she she'll go play like foreign ball or something. I mean, her athleticism is incredible. Moon's great. I, Moon just needs to expand her her perimeter game. But uh, I love Howler when Howler's on the call. Howler knows that team. He's a good analyst. I love Howler. I love he and John together because John was in school when Howler was the coach. John was at Baylor when Jim was the coach. We act like nothing ever happened before <laughs> before Scott Drew. And it, it is – this is the – these are the greatest days of Baylor basketball. I don't want to suggest otherwise, but uh, Jim and Menifee and Carroll and all those guys, and, and then Steven, those banners. Don't forget about those banners. Baylor went to the Final Four, 1950, 1948, 46. I don't know, somewhere in there. They, they won a bunch of titles back around then, so let's always remember to celebrate those folks. Um, Stephen, and, and as I asked that question the other day of, uh, Meyer, he did not know the answer. The star player on that, on the, one of those final four teams, I think it was that 48 team. Who was it? And sure enough, Stephen, it was Jackie Robinson, the white Jackie Robinson. All right, Stephen, um, let's do this. Let's take a listen to, um, to, or do you want to wait, Stephen? Do you want to, do you want to wait for the final? Or do you want to do it here? No, we can do it here. Okay, good. We got a little time here. Let's listen. This is we're talking about Dak Prescott in this unprecedented unprecedented deal. And last night I went into emergency mode and I jumped on, started doing some recordings, and I recorded a, a, a conversation for the Doomsday Podcast with Ed Werder, one of the most famous uh, Cowboys reporters, ESPN personalities of all. And we're going to let you hear a portion of that conversation about Dak's record-breaking contract here that is had you sensed any momentum or does this feel like you know the agent Stephen Jones got together today and just really you know picked up a huge amount of momentum and got a deal done yeah I think uh, um, a lot of the work got done between Todd France and Stephen Jones today the day before as you said they would have faced a, a possible uh, deadline for franchise tagging Dak which Again, this morning, then there were reports that, well, since they don't know, teams don't know the exact salary cap numbers, they might delay the franchise tag deadline like they did a year ago. But I had been told, I was told today as I, I made calls about that because I was doing Sports Center, that the, the fact that the, if the deadline got pushed away, the fact that it didn't exist was not going to influence whether a deal got done or not, which made me think that something uh was imminent for, to use the word that Jerry applied to this negotiation over two years ago um, <laughs> inappropriately so as it turned out in his case not mine um, and, and I had been told that that a decision was something was going to happen 
where the, the franchise tag was not going to be an issue in this whole thing. And so uh, I didn't totally surprise me that, that it happened. I'm glad that it's happened. Um, I think we're all relieved of, uh, you know, not having, uh, wondering when this is going to happen or what the next permutation is going to be. But I think it's interesting that, you know, in Jerry Jones's 32 years of, of owning the Cowboys, only three quarterbacks have gotten a second contract, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo, and now Dak Prescott. And, you know, Prescott becomes second highest paid quarterback in the league behind Patrick Mahomes, sets the league record for the largest signing bonus. Um, his three-year payout is $126 million, a record $66 million signing bonus, topping Russell Wilson. And, you know, most people don't like the Patrick Mahomes contract. So you could argue that Dak Prescott used the leverage that came with playing one year on the franchise tag, and even the Cowboys didn't get full value out of that. They got five games for $31 million. Um, but he, he used the leverage that he accumulated with the franchise tag, even though the worst possible thing happened to him. He suffered a season-ending injury in week five. And he still comes out of it with an amazing amount of leverage. And, and he wins the deal decisively, really, it seems like, across the board. Now, we all know the owners are going to, you know, introduces all this riches from the new TV deals uh, and so forth. But to me, the thing that stands out um, beyond Dak getting more money than he would have had the Cowboys gotten this done two years ago or even last year, the thing that stands out to me is he got the no franchise tag provision and he got a no trade clause. I don't think he would have gotten either one of those things if they had done this deal the previous two years. And the fact that he has it now means that he could become a free agent at the end of this contract and the Cowboys can't stop it. It's totally up to him. So in my <laughs> mind, Matt, he's putting the Cowboys, Cowboys management on notice right now that if you can't build me a team that I can contend for a Super Bowl within the next four years, then I might have to think about whether somebody else is better equipped to do that for me. Um, I think that's the possibility that this creates for Dak Prescott beyond the length of this contract. And that allows us, uh, Ed, to, you know, we're about two and a half years away from doing all this again and talking about, is it time to extend Dak? I mean, if he, let's say he puts up great numbers and that would be a great situation for the Cowboys, especially if they get back to, uh, uh, Ed, I, I think they're at the point, if they even made an NFC title game, uh, Jerry would be willing to do a lifetime contract with Dak. Steven. That's Matt and Ed on the Doomsday podcast that you can find on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever it is that you find your podcast. And yeah, that is one of the fascinating things about this contract is that Dak's going to be back at the table in a few years. And as we said earlier, a lot of it is upfront money. Um, so it's a good opportunity for him because if he plays well, then he'll have a chance for a massive payday in a couple of years because who knows what the franchise quarterback market is going to be at that point. But he now also has a long-term deal. He has the expectations that come with that. And if this doesn't work over the next few years, then... Dak is going to be the one placed with the blame and he doesn't have a ton of time to turn this thing around for a team that quite frankly 
has some good pieces, has a very explosive offense, but is still picking 10th and is a long way away, I think, from being a Super Bowl contender. Even in the parity-driven NFL where, I mean, we saw a team like the Bucks just win and they were 7-9 and nine the year before. They got Tom Brady. They added some of their pieces. They got it done. It still, in most cases, takes some time, and that's now the challenge for Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones. This was one step on getting this team back to Super Bowl contender. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our DAT conversation. This is Matt Mosley's show on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor basketball from the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. The regular season champion Baylor Bears open play as the number one seed in Kansas City in the Big 12 tournament on Thursday versus either TCU or Kansas State. 1 p.m. for the countdown to tip-off. 1.30 tip-off Thursday. Baylor basketball from the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley from the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. NeighborWorks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you. Not enough money for down payment or low credit score? NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score, and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense. Plus, to make sure you know what to look for in selecting that perfect home for you and your family, call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access our programs knowing your safety is their highest priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. Some things never change, like the commitment to service and protection the Nietzsche Group Insurance Agency has offered since 1949. Whether you're needing a new business policy to get your operations up and running, adding cyber liability for a remote workforce, or if you're needing to pause your current coverage, our team is here for the protection you need when you need it. Whatever your coverage needs, talk to the experts that care. Call the Nietzsche Group to discuss your personal, commercial, and bonding insurance needs at 1-800-258-8302. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vita Mevas. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weinz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. The Dallas Cowboys and quarterback Dak Prescott have agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract, including $126 million guaranteed. That includes a signing bonus of $66 million and $75 million due in year one. Les Miles is out at Kansas head football coach three days after he was placed on administrative lead amid accusations of inappropriate behavior toward a female student during his head coaching tenure at LSU. Number six Lady Bears finished the regular season in stride with the 96-73 win over West Virginia. Lady Bears head to the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City as the number one seed. 
Jefferson Prince was named to the D3 Team of the Week. Prince had two interceptions, a forced fumble, returned three punts for 54 yards, and punted for the crew for a 39-yard average in the crew's win over ETBU 30-28. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show presented by Central National Bank. Here's Matt Mosley. Oh, man, we uh, we appreciate Central National Bank on such a huge day. Uh, we're talking about so many things, and uh, Dak Prescott, all these Baylor accolades, um, a full-service, locally-owned, Independent Bank in Central Texas, locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin, owned by eight families, all of whom live in Central Texas, and uh, current ownership has been in place since 1986. These are the titans of industry, these families. We're talking, uh, I started mentioning some of these families to my father who went to Baylor back in the 1960s, and man, he was like, dang. The, yeah, he remembers these folks, and they rose to huge places, not only in industry, but the uh, United States government, politics, all, all over the place, and um, it's really an unbelievable place. And um, Central National Bank, uh, I, I, I like, there's, there's a lot of different things they do. One of them is uh, they host shred days where customers and non-customers can bring sensitive documents Stephen, you and I have said some things back and forth to each other uh, about the company, uh, M&M Broadcasting. We need shredded, okay? Uh, they host one in the spring, one in the fall, and the spring event is currently scheduled for May 9th, 9.30 to 11. Uh, and it, we'll see what COVID's doing by then, but right now it's 9.30 to 11 a.m. Stephen, let's go shred some documents. You think we should do that? Working here, I think that's always a good practice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, get Tacker. He's got some stuff he needs to shred. No, we'll go shred some documents, have a good time. And uh, and, and by the way, they can always, their customers can uh, now text the bank with questions. They just send a text message to the main phone line, and it goes right to the customer service team. I mean, Stephen, we've all, like, been on hold forever. What if, what if you're just able to text them? And the after-hours service each weekday, um, a member of the customer service team, Stephen, on the line each day from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., which includes weekends. Now, that's pretty cool. I mean, I just don't, I don't think, I don't think most banks do that. So Central National Bank, Brian Fonville, Executive Vice President, uh, President Boy, Joe Nesbitt, that Nesbitt family. You know that name if you've been around Waco for any amount of time, and that Nesbitt family uh, really, uh, I would say royalty. Stephen, in fact, I hear Oprah is going to be talking to the Nesbitt family soon. She's going to sit down with them, and she's got some <laughs> questions for them. Went straight from the Megan and uh, and Harry interview to, to Central National Bank. You know what I like about this interview with Megan and uh, the, the the Megan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, and uh, and Prince Harry, is that everybody suddenly woke up and said, "Man, Oprah's good at interviewing." I want to be like, 
Yeah, she's only done this for 40 years. Like, oh, so, I mean, it's almost like a whole new group of people. Stephen, maybe they're your age. They're like, whoa, Oprah's really good at this. Yeah, she's only, like, the most famous woman in the world. I mean, I, I don't understand. Like, we didn't know she was good at interviewing. Look at her. Oh, wow, the empathy that she shows. Well, she's just, goodness gracious, I don't understand. I feel like it's kind of almost uh, a little bit uh, derogatory toward Oprah to act like this is all a shock to us. She's been doing this. She's been making people cry forever. Man. Can you imagine, Stephen, that mean old royal, the royals, they just turned the uh, Prince, um, what's his name, Prince Charles, who I met one time, Stephen, Baylor in the British Isles. You met Prince Charles? Yeah, Dr. Browning was with me, Dr. Blair Browning, my old roommate. He was with me. A bunch of my Baylor buddies were with me. I'm trying to think if Mason Griffin was on it. Anyway, we were there at Westminster Abbey School. Chase Palmer was with me. Um... Stacey Williams going on that trip. Anyway, a bunch of us were there. A Fiji's, a bunch of Kappas, a couple of Tridelts, a lot of Kappas, a lot of Kappa Kappa Gammas went on that trip. And um, we were having a big time. And one day, everybody got kind of excited, like, hey, guys, guess what? Prince Charles is going to come by and say hello. And we lined up in the courtyard there between Westminster Abbey and the Westminster Abbey School where we were staying, and we met Prince Charles. And, boy, they got real mad because I tried to do – I had one of those throwaway cameras. Stephen, back in the day, I don't even know if they have those anymore. You know, that, that was a big thing. Oh, yeah, disposable cameras. Disposable yeah. cameras. And so I tried to do a selfie with Prince Charles, and, boy, the British – whoever was with him, the, the security, the Secret Service of, of Prince Charles, they kind of got after me. They did not like me trying to do that. So somewhere in all, of, uh, maybe back where I grew up or wherever, is uh, some of those pictures, Stephen, of uh, Prince Charles and, and getting to meet Prince Charles. And if I have the story correctly, Stephen, I almost am embarrassed to tell this, but and this tells you where my mind was because I was, you know, an NBA fan even even back in those days, and uh, I believe I addressed him. We all, I mean, we all got to shake hands with him. I mean, it was a really cool deal. And I believe I said something along the lines of I, I called him Sir Charles. And that, of course, was the nickname for Charles Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody called him Sir Charles. Well, you know, they give people titles like Sir Nick Faldo. He's <laughs> Sir Nick. And then there's like Anthony Hopkins, I think maybe Sir Anthony, and you know all that kind of stuff. And they so the British they kind of knight them or whatever. They give them like Dame Judi Dent. She's such a great actress. They call her Dame Judi. And uh, and I address the Prince of Wales, Prince Charles. I I called him Sir Charles. At least you didn't call him the Round Mound of Rebound. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I did not do that, but. Uh, that would have been, let's see, 1995. Barkley would have been. Barkley would have been probably in his eighth, or ninth, or tenth year in the NBA. Still, his career was still going pretty well, and he would have been about uh, 30 years old, 30, 31 years old. And I called him Sir Charles. All right, it is uh, Mosley and Simcox. 
rolling through. And then Steve and I, I, I had a couple of fraternity brothers there, and so I would have some gag where I was the ghost of Westminster Abbey, and I was like, you know, now I'd get arrested for stuff like this. I was somehow getting into the rooms and scaring the dog out of them, had a sheet over my head, <laughs> and I was, I was the ghost of Westminster Abbey. Oh, I scared some people to death with that. I don't. I mean, probably get shot these days trying to go around doing things like that. All right, Stephen, let's get serious. Let's put our game faces on, uh, and let's hear from our people. You can use the CNC Collision text line two five four six six two sixteen sixty. Are you excited? Are you excited for Dak, the great Dak Prescott? I mean, a hundred and sixty-two million dollars. 126 million of it guaranteed. He's going to get 75 million in this first year. And Stephen, the only thing that kind of amuses me, I almost had him on today, but I just, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to bother him. He's he's my longtime friend, but he's just a disgruntled young man. Uh, Todd Archer of ESPN. A couple of weeks ago, we might have mentioned it, Stephen. We might not have. It didn't. I can't say that it had a big impact on me. He wrote where the way you could do this is basically do a six-year deal, but the, the last two years would be voidable. And in that way, it would help with some of the, the, the bookkeeping. Stephen, I know you love NFL bookkeeping. And, uh, and Todd wrote a whole story about it. It kind of bored me. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I mean, that doesn't sound very nice. Um. It's not It's not anything to do with Todd's writing. It's more just the whole concept bored me. Oh, we're going to do six years avoidable. Well, guess what they ended up doing? Just as Todd Archer advised, they did a uh, six-year deal, and those last two years are avoidable, and so it's a four-year, basically $162 million deal. And then... Uh, and Dak will be right back at the bargaining table uh, four years from now. So quarterbacks, obviously, you've got uh, Aaron Rodgers still great at age 37, uh, 36 or 37, still just won the MVP. So, I mean, Dak will be right back at the bargaining table here in a couple of years. I mean, it'll, it'll take him. Uh, and, in fact, Stephen, if, if uh, Dak does have two or three great years, they'll get another deal done. They'll get another extension done. Now that he's had a monster contract, maybe there would be a team-friendly type situation in his future. I would say, Stephen, one thing I have done, I've tried to uh, track down Todd France. I'm going to see if Todd will represent any media members. I mean, this guy stared down the Cowboys, and he lived to tell about it. The Cowboys have now, Stephen, gone toe-to-toe with... Zeke and Dak, and they have they have been taken to the cleaners by both. So, I mean, we it's it's just Jerry is a billionaire, so billionaires don't lose a lot of sleep over things like this. But it's still an enormous amount. Stephen, do you do you think Jerry is losing any sleep over this deal? No, not really. I, I mean, I, I think it's a big-time commitment, and it's a lot of money, but I just keep coming back to if you think this this is your guy, if you think he's a franchise quarterback, which 
publicly the Cowboys have said time and time again they believe that, then this is what you're going to pay for him. I mean, it, it would have been great if Dak said, yeah, I, I do buy into this idea that I can make more money off endorsements or I'd like to take a haircut and make sure we get a defensive tackle to get pressure up the middle. But that's not what him and Todd France decide to do, and that's fine. That's well within their right. If if he got to this place and he thinks he's the man and they think he's the man, then um, play hardball and, and get the money you feel like you deserve. But I, I don't feel like Jerry Jones is losing sleep over this. I think he's a confident guy. He likes Dak Prescott. He believes in his ability, even though the evidence hasn't been there lately to build a championship-level team, even with the salary cap restrictions. And I, I don't think he's regretting doing this or wondering if he should have or shouldn't have or second-guessing himself. All right, all right. There you have it. There you have it. That's where uh, Jerry's mind is right now, man who uh, – Stephen, what did that yacht cost him? About $250 million. A man who has a $250 million yacht – um, that's one of the points my dad quickly brought up uh, last night. We were together. My mom was there too. And, and, uh, the whole family, uh, my wife and daughter and we, uh, uh, but in the moments afterwards, uh, uh, dad brought that up immediately. In fact, Stephen, I have to admit, uh, dad scooped me on this story. I was just trying to enjoy some, some Tex-Mex, uh, and, uh, and, uh, dad, dad broke, broke it to me that it had happened. And then I, you know, jumped into Twitter and reacted to everything, and and uh, and then did the uh, did the podcast last night. Stephen, thanks for grabbing some of that podcast. I really think p- folks hopefully enjoyed that hearing from Ed Werder. Um, anything else we need to hit today, Stephen? Any breaking news during the show? One last thing I did want to mention. I don't know if John will have any of this. We do have John Morris is going to have some coverage from the Big Twelve tournament Thursday. The Bears play. Uh, are slated to play at one thirty, and uh, and so we will not have a show that day because John Morris will have a pregame for you starting at one o'clock. Stephen, do you think he'll let me jump on with him to do the pregame? Maybe he will. Yeah, sure. Ask I John think he'll do that. that. Mm-hmm. Ask John if he'd like me to jump on do pregame with him. Um, the uh, the Bears. Uh, oh, oh, the other big news that we didn't really hit uh, last night. I love it, Stephen. Don't ever get drawn into this. Is what young guys do now, and, and, and not just young people. They love to complain about late night news dumps. Oh, look at what Kansas did! They fired their coach at ten o'clock at night. They announced the the parting of ways with Les Miles. It's a late night news dump. It's the dumbest thing, Stephen. When people talk about news dumps, yes, it does happen with the White House late in the week on a Friday night or whatever. They will do that on a Friday afternoon news dump. That does happen. But when it's a major college announcement, it doesn't matter if you make it at 10, 3 in the morning, 8 in the morning. It does not matter. First of all, it does not matter because it's Kansas football. And, and it's, you know, it's, it doesn't sound nice of me to say, but not many people care about Kansas uh, football. They care about Kansas basketball. And, Stephen, that was the other breaking news that, uh, that we had is David McCormick um, is, uh, is undergoing. He's in the protocols, the COVID protocols, and uh, will not be playing in the Big 12 tournament. That's the number two-seeded Kansas Jayhawks. And, Stephen, I would 
I would say that's been their best player for the last two months of the season. And uh, that's going to be a really rough – that's a rough go for them. I, I think, Stephen, would we – would we say that uh, that's a I, – I would say that's a major setback for Kansas, and I don't think they overcome that. Stephen, great work by you today on a lot of different fronts. We will get you ready now for the John Morris Show, uh, 2 to 3, and uh, we will see you tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Good night, everybody.